The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to In It Together with Lori Lynn Green. You can live life on your terms at home, work, play, and in the community. Join Lori and industry leaders as they share practical insights with you so you can reach your goals and enjoy your life. Here's your host, Lori Lynn Green. Welcome to In It Together. I am very excited for you listeners today, especially because the guest that I have is somebody that I've been following for quite some time. Um, I have my co-host here, Lynn Nato, who is going to be jumping on and chiming in. Uh, because we've both been kind of following some of this stuff. Uh, my guest is Marianne Cantwell. She's an expert in creating a free-range career and is successful at helping people do what they love. She's a leading writer and author of a number one best-selling book, Free Range Humans, one of UK's top-selling new entrepreneurship books of 2013. She also has an international speaker, is an international speaker on how to make a living when, where, and how you want. So Mary Ann is about showing you how to get paid to be you and create a lifestyle that fits without waiting to win the lottery. Featured in Business Week, The Guardian, Daily Mail, CBS Money Match, Red in Psychology's magazines for her work, she speaks to groups and creates online courses to help people choose the direction in their life and stand out from the crowd. Welcome, Mary Ann. Hi, Laurie. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I, I am excited to have you here as well. Um, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I picked up your book after I had done some kind of a search. I have an entrepreneurial spirit, um, so I'm sure you can relate to being a visionary, having that type of spirit, and wanting to live life on your terms. <laughs> Definitely, yes. And I think a lot of us do, right? A lot of us do, but we're not taught when we're young that that's okay and there is a way to do that, which is what I guess we're talking about today. Yeah, definitely. So you've been around the world and you know people are burning out and they're they're stuck in careers they hate, making a living and not really knowing how to make a life. And, and, you know, we're inundated with self-help books coming out of our ears. You know, I've, I've read many, but this one stood out to me because you know what I loved about it? You weren't trying to impress anybody with your flowery words. You were getting real. You were talking about the real stuff that you had to deal with and went through. Um, but it was extremely encouraging yet challenging at the same time. So what was it that made you look for this alternative lifestyle? You must have a story. (laughs) (laughs) I do indeed. And, well, I think much like you and much like everyone listening in, I used to think that to be an entrepreneur was kind of like you see on the TV shows, right, where there's people who um, have you know, some amazing invention or who want to run multiple businesses, invest a lot of money, you know, wear their suits. And to me, it never really signaled freedom. When I thought about being an entrepreneur, right. I didn't think about it as freedom. So I never even considered that option. But I knew that the way I was living and working, which at the time was in a job, um, just wasn't somewhere I wanted to be, you know, in 10 years' time. I mean, when people would ask you, well, where do you want to go in your career? I'd just be like, I'd kind of like to not go in my career, if that's all right with you. Um, And so I started looking out at that point for going, well, what else, how else could I live and how else could I do? And I went on a bit of a journey that ended up with me figuring out how to kind of make a career that wasn't available either in the job ads and also wasn't available in the sense of being the sort of career uh, or business that someone else was doing exactly. And I think my breakthrough moment really came 
in two, two ways. Like the first one when I knew I had to leave my job was I'd been working all hours um, in a company in the city in London where I um, was living. And this was in about 2007, 2008. And I'd been doing the whole like super long days and my, my work had become my life in lots of ways. And the financial crash happened. And I know it was like for you guys in the States, but over here it was, it was pretty intense. So all these people people who I knew, people who I would watch out of my office window, you know, I'd look out into their offices. Suddenly I was seeing people who had been working really hard. Uh, you know, not everyone was exactly that well paid, right? Like a lot of people were working really, really hard for a promise that at the end of it, there'd kind of be a prize. But that if you did the right thing, if you went, you know, went to school, got good grades, got the job, stuck it out, you know, didn't take too much vacation, all of that stuff. But there'd be this sort of prize in, in the sense of you'd be okay. You'd be taken care of. And on yeah. the day that everything crashed in, I think it was 08, I think it was, um, I still remember that day because I suddenly thought, oh, my God, just because these buildings are big and made of steel and glass and they look really solid, it doesn't mean that anyone's future is solid. And that goes for everyone. And it was right. a real wake-up call. And I saw people, you know, uh, family friends, for example, you know, parents of friends who I'd grown up with, you know, who'd done the right thing all their life, saved up for a pension, and that pension kind of got wiped out in the crash. Right. And I was mm -hmm. watching this everywhere and I suddenly thought, this isn't about like one industry or anything. This is actually about the fact that if you're dependent on one client, which is what you are dependent on if you're an employee, you're dependent on one client and that's your employer, and you're telling yourself that that's security, I felt like I was kidding myself. And I'd wanted to get out for so long that I'd been telling myself it wasn't sensible. And as soon as I saw that, I said, you know what? I have to learn how to create a living on my terms because not only do I really crave that? Do I crave that autonomy of being able to make up what my career looks like day to day and year to year? But actually, maybe it's not such a silly choice. And since then, I've discovered it definitely isn't. And I'm really glad I made that decision. You know, that's what attracted me to your book was that freedom part. Um, you know, the big lie of choosing one thing. What pressure? Oh, my goodness. Know. You, know, yeah. you know, as a coach myself, I teach people how to think for themselves. I always tell them, be yourself without permission, without apology. And we just try to discover what that is and pull it out of them. So now they can say, oh, no, I don't have to do just one thing. No, you don't. <laughs> How about exactly, that? What a concept. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I, I did a speech the other day. I was talking to some people and I was saying, you know, there's some, the way we ask ourselves questions and the questions we ask ourselves are almost more important than the answers that we get. Because if you write yourself the right questions, you get the right answers. And I think a wrong question that all of us ask ourselves and that we ask other people is, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? What one thing do you want to do for the rest of your life? Now, when I look at people who are friends of mine who are in their 70s, who are still doing stuff that they love, either because they love to do it or they're still earning, but they're really happy with it. You know, those, that handful of people, the life advice that I've got from them consistently is you have to do the things that you love. And when you don't love doing it, you do something different. And they're like, I know it sounds simple, but that's how we still love what we do decades in and decades in. And what they don't say is, well, 40 years ago, I worked out what I want to do with my life and I still love doing it. I think that's not how we humans work. We evolve, we change. That's and right. And we can do multiple things at once and have portfolio careers and do so many more things than we're taught is available. And that's, I guess, what you and I are both looking to spread the message of, that they're, for those of us, who don't maybe fit that mold of, of jobs, which does, it does work for some people. It doesn't work for you. There are other options out there. You know, and that's, that's really the key for me. You know, life is a journey to enjoy, not a destination or a goal. Um, yeah. And so I think about, you know, I really am one of the few people I know that really believes I can do everything I always wanted to do. It may not be all at once, but I'm sure going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't have to be all at once, right? That's right. That's, it that's okay. 
Yeah, because there's always there's always things in life, you know, it's ever changing. There's always circumstances and things like that. Um, but I think if you learn to give yourself permission to be yourself and let your gifts come out, let your um, passions, your desires, and um, now I'm not talking being reckless and you know you know or anything like that. Um, but mostly I'm talking about being authentic and mm. um, you know taking on. What you the amount that you can handle that you can still enjoy? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we got about three minutes for this segment, but maybe you could close up by, um, you know, just saying, did you know everything when you got started? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I still don't know everything, and I don't know anyone who does. <laughs> you know what? I you don't need to know everything to start. So, it's something I always tell my clients is. Always ask yourself two things. One, someone who has done the thing or something similar to the thing that you want to do, some version of it, did they know everything that you think you need to know right now at the right. point you're at right now? Odds are no. So actually ask yourself that because it's a really great reality check. And then number two, ask yourself, do you know the next three things that you need to do to move forward? If you don't, go and learn them. If you do, do those and see where you are then because you'll be at a better, it's like climbing a mountain. You'll be at a better vantage point. You'll have more information. So I really encourage people to take the steps that you have, prototype, try things out, and also get real with the fact that none of us ever know everything and don't put the pressure on yourself to be that one person with perfect information because you have to start when you're not perfect and that's where the really great stuff comes from. Oh, boy, does it ever. And, you know, I, I actually did a segment on my local show. I called it the one-step program. Just do the next thing. <laughs> Don't get so caught up in, oh, all these things I got to try to do. Just do the next thing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at one more question here. I think we can get one more in. So how many cage-free followers would you say you have? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> worldwide, too. Yeah, so yeah, worldwide. Lots of them. I don't, don't have a free-range tracking system, alas. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> well, I know, but you get a lot of hits. You're, you're in the umpteens, thousands of thousands of thousands, I'm yeah, sure. tens of thousands, definitely, tens, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a- after this, I was hoping maybe you could share one of the success stories from one of your free rangers. Um, Yeah, sure. That would be really cool because I'm sure that's probably one of the things that keeps you going is you get feedback from people who have lived the cage-free life. Similar to myself, I haven't got to share all of, you know, much of my story with you, but it would probably make you smile. (laughs) So uh, after the break. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, you love having those stories. So in, at, by the end of the show, I'm going to actually give you a chance to tell people, you know, how to get in touch with you mainly. But what, what's the, where's, where's your blog, first off? Where can they find uh, your blog? Great. Well, if you Google Free Range Humans blog, you'll probably find it. Um, but it's also, you can go straight to it by free-range-humans.com. So free range humans with hyphens, free-range-humans.com. And what a great visual that is. When I first looked at it, I'm thinking free-range humans. I'm looking at a bunch of sheep in a field, not having a care in the world, just kind of going, yep, this is my life. I get to eat when I want, walk around when I want. I'm all good. <laughs> so that's what free-ranging is. Anyways, we, we are about done this segment, so we'll be back right after this commercial for more Marianne Cantwell. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune into the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to In It Together with Lori Lynn Green. Call during our live broadcast with questions or comments at our toll-free number, 1-866-472-5788. Or email Lori anytime at info at laurielandgreen.com. Here's your host, Lori Lynn Green. Welcome back. Thanks for listening in. We're so excited that uh, we've been talking to Marianne Cantwell, the queen of free-ranging. Uh, <laughs> we, we'd like you to chime in. Give us a call at one 472 5788 if you want to talk to Marianne. Um, okay, so during the break, we were kind of talking a little, but I wanted to, Marianne to just kind of give us a... She hears stories all the time from people who are who are changing their life and escaping the 9 to 5 and creating the life they love. So, Marianne, please take the liberty and share one of those stories with us. Fantastic. Now... I just want to say before I share this, that there's a really cool thing that I learned once um, about when you're listening to stories. And the way I love to encourage my people to listen to stories when I'm telling them is to look for the similarities that you've got um, between your situation and the situation at hand and not to look for the differences. Um, because the cool thing about stories is that they show what's possible. But, you know, there are so many versions of life and so many versions of what people want, of what people's circumstances are. Um, and I can assure you that there's going to be one that's more similar to you if this one doesn't chime. So just take the pieces that are most you know, resonant with you uh, and don't view the fact that your, your situation might be different uh, as a reason that the story is not relevant because I think every story is relevant. So having given that disclaimer, um, I'm going to choose a story that shows something that we're really big on in Free Range Land and that is about your natural strengths and how it's really easy to forget what your strengths are when you've been told that all you are worth is what's on your resume or your learnt skills. But in Free Range Land, we really, as you know from my book, Laurie, we look at what it is that both brings you alive and that you can almost not help doing. And one story I'd love to share is a really simple story of someone who was a client of mine many years ago and she was on a group course that I was running and she was looking obviously for what she wanted to do with her life, cage free, and she knew that she didn't want to be in that in that cage. So she, she took it in an exercise that um, I'd given um, and it was to draw out her ideal life. And her ideal life was living by the seaside um, surrounded by people who understood her, living in this particular type of house, um, having the freedom to do stuff that she wanted. But she was like, I, I love this, but I still don't know what the thing I'll get paid for is. How do I know that? Anyway, <laughs> that that, which is a big question for many of us. And that at, sounds and familiar. Of course, you know, she progressed in her, her thinking. But at the same time, it turned out that I was going away on uh, a vacation. And uh, as I was early on in my business, it was one of my first times on vacation since I you know, really started getting serious about my business was quite a few years back. And during that course, this person had been, I'd noticed, had been 
really great at just helping me out with stuff. So at one point she emailed and had kind of redone the formatting of an exercise I'd given and said, actually, I've redone it because I think people would really understand it better this way, um, take it or leave it. And she just kind of done a few really gentle, lovely things like that. And I thought, oh, I really like her. And so I emailed her and said, hey, I'm going away, so would you mind, um, would you be up for a bit of work uh, taking care of my emails? She goes, I've never done something like that, but I, I like, I like taking care of people. I guess I can do it. And so we meet up and she takes care of my emails and my systems online for a week. And I get back. I'm like, how could I ever have done without this woman? She's amazing. And so I kind of take her on on the side, you know, while she's doing other stuff. Um, And it turns out she's amazing at sorting out online systems. Like she really gets, she kind of learned stuff quickly. She didn't really know any of this of you know how online systems work before. She learned all of it, and she became invaluable. And she ended up becoming my first team member. And off the back of that, she ended up leaving her job um, and using her secret superpower, which is what we call strengths in free range land, of being super organized, but also really gentle and caring about people to end up being a really in-demand person who helped other people out with their existing online businesses. And she formed an entire business around that. Um, That business then grew so big that she couldn't, you know, she didn't have the time to manage it. And so she changed that into helping people out at starting and growing um, their, their businesses by understanding how to make use of the very best stuff um, online, like the very best systems, how to implement them without going crazy. How do you have an online business if you're not a techie? Now she runs something called Web Tech Wonder Woman, where she's known all over the world for doing just that. And that started by a little moment where she allowed herself to show her strengths, where she said yes to an opportunity that she didn't really know where it was going to go. And the cool ending of that story is obviously, you know, she's still working with me, but with many, many other people as well, is that she showed me one day the picture of, that she drew on my course. And she said, I have to draw a new one because everything on there has come true. Like everything I drew, I moved to the town after I quit my job. Uh, we end up finding that house and we end up doing everything on there. And I share that because sometimes, you know, we hear these stories of these, these big changes but I think the piece that's left out is, number one, that most of the time, the things really take off when you do something that's in line with your natural strengths. And her strengths are about being able to explain things really clearly, being super organized and being very gentle and great with people. So she's that, that was her strengths. But number two, when we take on and we seek out those little opportunities that you don't know where they're going to go. Because, you know, when, when I asked her to do some emails, you know, she had no idea that was going to be the seed of a completely different free-range career. And so right. something I really encourage you to look for when you hear a story like that is to ask yourself and ask the people, what was it that you did that was a bit maybe out of your comfort zone, that was a bit unexpected? Right. Were there any projects you did? And we do a lot of free-range projects uh, in free-range land where you do something, yes. you don't know where it's going to go. Is there anything that you did <laughs> when you didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but you knew it was something you just wanted to try out, even though you didn't have a five-year business plan. I guarantee you every single person who is free range will have done something that Mm. didn't have a big plan attached. And if they did have a big plan, it's not how it turned out. So that's one of my favorite stories because it's so real and so I guess it gets to the heart of what it's all about, you know, to get paid to be you. Oh, I could totally see myself in that story as well, Marianne, because many things that I'm like going in a direction, then an opportunity is like, am I going to take it? Am I going to say yes to this? And then if I I decide to, and then other doors open and it begins to emerge on its own, you know, exactly. And so even even Lynn, now Lynn's a good friend of mine. She's co-hosting with me on the shows. And um, that wasn't something she was planning on either, but she's always had a dream to be a voiceover actor. So her coming on, now she's doing commercials for me on the local show. But go ahead, Lynn, and tell her about how you came into it. Well, I also, I don't want to be caged. (laughs) And um, there's just a lot about myself that I have different creative strengths that don't lend itself to the average nine to five job. So um, 
I've been doing just that. I've been exploring really who I am and wanting to be who I am, uh, doing things that uh, I love and things that I might have a gifting for, things that come natural, and eventually to be paid for it. Uh, But... Mm -hmm. Uh, learning a little bit more about the uh, free-range life has caused me to go in the direction of uh, being a voiceover actor. Uh, and uh, that's one thing that I've been able to partner with with Lori, uh, doing her promotional work and doing some things for other people as well. So I'm just looking forward to just going further into it. Yeah, so great. So Marianne, uh, I know there's a there's probably n- not a type of person that does free range. It's just somebody who kind of one day goes, I don't think this is working for me (laughs) and I need something else. I'm sure you get all kinds of personalities. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the key, right? Like, and I think it's really important when you look at someone else you know, who might be well-known in, in free-ranging or doing their own thing. And don't assume that just because someone has a, a strategy or a way of going about things, that's going to be right for you. Because, you know, I gave the example you know, of my client and friend there uh, doing what she does. We're very different. If she tried to promote herself the way that I run my business, she'd hate that and she wouldn't right. do it well. And if I try to be like her, I do, I do a bad job at it. So, you know, yeah, there are so many different people and some people are great at, you know, having a brand that gets known. Other people have a brand, but actually what you don't see under the surface is that the way they're getting clients is through connecting with people and getting to know people individually uh, rather than having like, thousands and tens of thousands attracted to their brand. So, yeah, there's masses of people and there are so many different strategies strategies uh, and the only right strategy is going to be the right one for you not one that's just that's trendy at the moment right so I have a question for you Uh, what would you say to help people escape the nine to five and create the life they love what would I say to help people do that well, I guess uh, it would really depend on what stage someone's at in what they're doing but I think if I had to have one very all-encompassing piece of advice. It would be something I picked up as I was writing my book was I got really curious about why it was that some people consistently overcame barriers and these very real blocks in their way, very real life reasons that could have knocked them down. Why do some people consistently overcome them and some people kind of sink under them? And what I found through my research of working uh, working this out as I was writing this and working with people was that there's a difference in how the former group approaches barriers in that they look for the reasons why something can be possible as opposed to doing the easy way out, which is listing all the reasons why something is not possible. Because we all do that. You know, if I do it to myself all the time. If I have a new idea for something, I'll be like, yeah, that's not going to work because someone's already doing it. And actually, I don't know, maybe I should have some funding for it. And maybe this will happen. Actually, in my situation, is that really appropriate? I don't know if that's going to work. And these are easy things to do. But if you let them dictate how you move forward, then you're not doing the, what I think is true creativity. And that is putting even more energy into looking for reasons why something might work. So if there's one thing I'd say, I'm not talking about fooling yourself or just positive self-talk or anything like that. I'm actually saying get curious and ask yourself, if someone were to do the thing I was thinking of in my situation, and I read about it in two years' time, how would they have made that work? Why might it work? And write those reasons down and get in the habit of doing that because I believe that free-ranging is not about finding one idea and one solution and a couple of answers. It's about being able to dance with the changes that will come your way and consistently overcome barriers. So get in the habit from today, your everyday life, of when you say, I can't do that, just challenge yourself and you don't have to act on it, but just challenge yourself to find two reasons why it actually might be possible. Mm -hmm. And if you keep doing that, you're going to start at some point hitting on some reasons that will make you go, oh, actually, that might be even more real than what I wrote before. So Mm -hmm. start it today, get in the habit, and you'll kind of get a bigger view of what's available. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that, Marianne, you know, because when I, work, when I work with people, it's similar where it's like they tend to be negative focused. Their mindset has to be the right, in the right mind, they have to be in the right mindset. Um, so 
you know, leaning on the positives, you know, and I like how you said, you know, we're not perfect because one of the things I love to share with people is practice makes progress, not perfect. Um, so, you know, if you keep practicing, you know, I say don't look at an, ob- an obstacle or a circumstance that's negative and assume that doom and gloom is going to follow. Look at it and then look beyond it, look above it, look around it and see what you can find. <laughs> so it's more positive. So would you, why, uh, why would you say doing what we love is non-negotiable? <laughs> oh, I think that's so important. Um, I take give you two main reasons. One, it's actually the outcome that most of us are really striving for like we're all saying well if I if I work harder here I'll have some time maybe in my retirement to do something I love and so Mm -hmm. I don't think to any of us doing what we love is something we're willing to negotiate on or give up on we just think it's going to happen in the future but the truth is we don't know what our future has in store we don't know how long we have we don't even know if we're going to have a retirement anymore right um so I, I think number one is to get real of the fact that's what we're actually aiming for so let's look for ways of doing it sooner rather than later but the second reason is actually a really practical one and that is going back to the story i told before and the more i got into trying to understand what it was that got people to stand out from the crowd, that got people to be successful in something other people may have tried out and failed at, no matter what that might be, what I found was that it was something that was in line with their, what I call their natural superpower, which can be something as gentle as you know, organizing things or being able to see lots of options. You know, we all have a superpower, but we don't know what it is. But the cool thing is that, like in my story I gave before, when you step into your greater strengths and you start doing those things that you can almost not help doing, in fact, they kind of annoy other people around you if you do them too much because you can't help it. <laughs> when you step into those, not only will you end up uh, loving what you do, you'll also be great at it. And that's the practical side because yeah. it turns out the key to knowing what you're going to be great at is that you actually love doing it. And if you are currently doing something you're really good at and you're saying, that's not true, Marianne, I don't like it, but I would say, good news for you, the thing that you think you're best at is your second best strength. You've got something better. You've got something bigger because the thing that you can't help doing is, is innate to you. It's not a job title. It's not a business type, but it's a way of seeing the world. It might be a way of being. It might be a way of helping people. It'll be something that you can use. And the more that you use that and the more you step into that rather than trying to look at what your competitors are doing and try to be more like them, um, the more you'll stand out from the crowd naturally. I think I explained that properly, but if it's unclear, feel free to ask me about it. No, no, that that was great. Uh, Actually, one of the things I realized was I became more and more successful the less I listened to and looked at what other people were doing. Uh, I learned that if I, if I apprehended what was inside of me and began to run with that, that people were actually following me <laughs> rather than me trying to, you know, follow somebody else's pattern that didn't work for me. Um, Absolutely. I, and that's, that's what a leader does. I love that, Laura. That's exactly what a leader does. And yet what I see is people these days often trying to be a leader by following what leaders do. <laughs> that's, right. that's not how they got there. You really you can get inspiration from the industry you want to move into or that you're in. You can get ideas within that. But mm. if there's a part of you that feels like you have to hide who you are in order yeah. to be accepted, in order to be good enough, then I would say you're actually you might be missing out on some amazing opportunities and clients who would actually really love to work with you or to buy from you if you did things a bit more in your style. Um, but you have to be practical about how that's done, obviously. I don't think we have time to go into it here. But there's always mm-hmm. a way when you think creatively and think free range about rearranging what you do or what your idea is to really work as you, not as who you think you kind of should be. That's right. You know, uh, we got about a minute left in this segment, but, you know, it just reminds me, you know, the things that have worked for you. It's the things that work for us. We want to keep doing the things that work. <laughs> so it's... It's a constant learning and growing, you know, and I think about the fact that there's nobody that I can't learn something from. And I think that's been real. that's really served me well uh, to know it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your economic status. It doesn't matter, you know, your age. 
I learn something from everybody. And if we if we look at the world around us, look at it as something to help you grow and learn more than something that dictates to you where you're going or how you're going to do it. So um, anyway, Marianne, uh, we got about 30 seconds. So if you want to, you can give a, is it just your website you want people to go to? Yeah, sure. And if you want to read my book, um, then it's called Be a Free Range Human. You can look it up on Amazon.co.uk, Amazon.com, or you get a free chapter at BeAFreeRangeHuman.com. Um, and it's great to read if you're thinking about starting something uh, or working out what you want to do, or you're actually already out there, but it's maybe not feeling like you, or you've listened to this and, th- and thinking, ooh, maybe there's something else that could make, really make this work with more freedom involved and make it more me, then take a look at it. All right, excellent. Well, we got one more segment after this, so we'll be right back after this message. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, The Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. On the morning of August 5, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Good Night Marilyn Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Hospitality News Network for a look inside the travel, hotel, restaurant, and hospitality industry. Host Stephen Nicole and his guests will teach you everything you've wanted to know about this fascinating industry. Who knows? You might just want to change your own career path. At the very least, you might end up being a preferred customer. The Hospitality News Network is broadcast live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to In It Together with Lori Lynn Green. Call during our live broadcast with questions or comments at our toll-free number, 1-866-472-5788, or email Lori anytime at info at laurilynngreen.com. Here's your host, Lori Lynn Green. Back, we've been talking about cage-free living with Marianne Cantwell, um, the author of Be a Free-Range Human, Escape the 9 to 5, and Create a Life You Love and Still Pay the Bills. Imagine that. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, you know, I've been a free-ranger for a few years now and uh, completely have changed my life. And so one of the things I wanted to bring out, uh, and hopefully, Marianne, you can speak on this, is how do we actually identify what it is we really want? Now, we did say before, we're not trying to find that one thing, but we're trying to find what's authentic and true to us, what we have a passion for, what our strengths are, what our giftings are. So, Marianne, take away. (laughs) Well, I mean, nice such a big topic, isn't it? Working out what it is that you actually want to do. So I'm going to start with a piece of advice, and that is, if you're someone like me who's you know, pretty practical, I want to know that my, my ideas are going to work, right? Like We want to know that we have workable ideas. But I'm going to give you a piece of advice that really changed my life, and that is, when you start asking yourself, what do I want to do, the first thing you need to do just as an exercise, not forever, but as an exercise, is to separate out what you actually want. So what gets you feeling like, yes, oh my God, I'd love to do that. 
versus what you think is practical and possible. Now, the reason it's really important to do this is that if you have ever done this thing where you kind of think of something that you'd like to do, but then within a few minutes you start thinking, well, that's not going to work because of all these other reasons. You know, like we were saying before, um, other people are doing it. Uh, I don't really understand how that could bring in money. I don't get this. I don't get that. If you, if you keep doing that at the beginning, then an idea doesn't have the chance to flower. An idea doesn't have the chance to become something that could work. Because you see, most ideas that were what free rangers do, the first moment they thought of that idea, they didn't know how it was going to work in full, right? So if they right. didn't plunk down in front of their bank manager within 30 seconds of having an idea, no one in the world could pass that test. And I bet you that if you're like me, you are a little bit harsher than the, you know, the, the world's harshest bank manager when it comes to your ideas. So I see this a lot. I see people who say, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. And after a little while, it turns out they kind of do, but they don't think any of those things were possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so the very first thing is to separate it out and say, look, what I'm going to do is identify a direction, a list of things that are really important for me to have. And I'm not going to kill them off. I'm not going to say, well, it's important for me to be creative, but people can't get paid for being creative. Don't, don't say that because you don't have perfect knowledge about everything available to you, especially if most people you know are in jobs they don't like. That makes sense, right? You know, we right. don't have perfect knowledge, so don't assume that you, because you don't know the way of doing it that someone else won't. So write out that list. Create that, I guess, that picture of what it is that you would like to have as ingredients, not as the solution because you don't know the solutions yet. Create the ingredients. That's your first step. And the cool thing about an ingredients list is this. It's that... If you listed out something like a, a particular business or a particular career, you know, like I want to be a, a monkey juggling astronaut, like, you know what, maybe awesome. that's not going to work out for you. I don't know. That might not be a thing. And maybe, of course, if you come up with ideas like that, you'll be consistently getting rid of them. But if you said, I want to make sure I have uh, time with animals, I want to be able to indulge you know, my silly side in what I do. And I also want to make an impact on people. Those might be the core ingredients that lead you to ideas like that. So put them down. Because you and I right now do not know that, that those three things are impossible, right? And they right, probably right. are possible. So put them down. Then will you actually grow and get those ideas together. And you get curious and you talk to people and you do courses, whatever it is that it takes to get their ingredients and make them real. But can you see the difference between killing something off at, at the start so there's something that I think is really important, and that is to give, uh, when you go from having an ingredients list to actually some ideas, is to give them a go without quitting the job, without putting your house on the line, without any of that, is to give something a go because you don't actually know what it's going to be like or what opportunities will come out if you're trying a small version of something. So, for example, if you had an idea for having a giant online worldwide learning portal to help people who can't cook uh, become... I know, good home cooks who could cook great meals that their friends were impressed with. And you had all these ideas how to in all these different cultures for different types of people and different ages. You'd probably get overwhelmed. You'd probably say, that isn't possible. How can I do that? So what I'd get you to do, and what the free range approach would be, is to say, well, instead of doing that big version, why don't you try it out with 10 people? Or maybe five people. Five people if, that, if that's what you feel comfortable with. Get five people together, paying you a small amount as a token so you can see that they're really invested, and you use them as guinea pigs. And you try out that a little line version of that. So you're going to have to put together some course materials anyway. So you may as well try it with real people. At the end of it, you're going to have so much more information. You're going to learn what people's real problems were in a way you never know. You right. have people giving you ideas, and you never know. Uh, when I get people to do projects like this, when they go out and maybe meet someone you know, outside of work, maybe a family friend, they say, oh, yeah, I'm doing this project about helping people learn how to cook when they don't know. Opportunities open up. So something that can happen, I see this happen a lot, is someone will say, oh, that's really funny. You know, my my, uh, my neighbor works at a local college, and they're looking for someone to help develop a course on that. Would you like to help out? So these things come up when you do a project because there's, all of us are familiar with hearing someone's dreams, right? We all hear someone say, yeah, one day when I win the lottery, I'm going to have, you know, quit my job <laughs> and like, become a cook. But so few people <laughs> go and run that project. So when you meet someone and say, yes, 
I'm running a project on this, you take them seriously and you take yourself seriously. So that's the second thing to do. Once you've developed ideas, try them out in that way. And the third and final tip I'll give you then is once you've got into that habit of trying things out like this, is to start looking at the, for the intersect between where your ideas bring you alive and where they fill a need and a pull that is really important to someone mm. else because that overlap is where you make money and also where you make meaning. So I don't think they're that different, making money and making meaning, but that right. overlap between what it is that you love to do and what is it someone else needs. If you sat down today and tried to work that out, you might not find an answer. But if you do the idea of the ingredients list, moving those two ideas by getting the inputs you need and then trying them out in project form and then sitting down saying, hey, if I want people to pay for this, I have to have an intersect between those two things, Mm. then you've got something to work with. And isn't that more fun and more creative and more powerful than sitting there staring at the screen or going into Google and saying, what should I do with my life? Every single one of us has the tool to do everything I just said then. And that's what I think is amazing is that no matter where you are in the world, you can try something out. And all of us, we're the only species in the world that can have neurons fire in our heads, have an idea and then make that real. And that is what I think we're all so lucky to have available to us. Absolutely. And this is not limited to just us. I mean, there's nothing really special about us other than we said, yes, we've we we understand how that works. And so that's why mm-hmm. we share this. Again, I, I love how you said, you know, uh, it's really about adding value to other people's lives, you know, based on what what you have to offer. And, you know, just making the best of that. You know, when when you were talking about how to identify what we really want. Mm. I remember hearing Dr. Phil say this several times. He always said, love every idea for 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, so one of the things I like to do when I'm talking to someone, as I said, you know, it's kind of the, the typical, if money was no object, if you could do anything that you wanted and you only had a year to do it, would you still be doing the same thing? And if not... Let's go to my playground. I call my office my playground. I said, welcome to my playground. One whole wall is a whiteboard. And I said, let's just start talking. And we begin yeah. to sh- they begin to share their heart and the things that, they're value- that value to them, th- that are valuable to them. And I said, okay, just give me an idea, an idea that you think is completely off the wall and crazy, but you really want mm. to be a part of your life. So we begin to draw this out on the whiteboard. And we say, we're not going to. We're not going to talk ourselves out of this, which was something you said, you know, before. We're not going to talk ourselves out of it. We're not going to play devil's advocate. We're going to talk about it as if it's possible. And so we begin to draw it out. Before you know it, there's this big, beautiful mind map on this on this board of ideas. And all of a sudden, this person's face. Exciting. Coming alive. They come alive. Yeah. And they're like, wow. Yeah. I can imagine, yeah. to me, that's why I do what I do. And Marianne, I can't imagine that's probably why you do what you do. It's to get yeah. to a place where you're like, you know what? I can feel really good about what I'm doing. It's adding val- value to people's life. It's setting people free out of those cages. Uh, <laughs> you know, they don't want to be there anyway. But they just need some yeah. courage. They need permission. It, you know, I feel like one of the things that I do is I give permission permission for people to be who they are. You know, I always tell them, be yourself, be it fully, without permission, without apology. And um, they get courage. They get the courage to do what they always wanted to do. So, um, Absolutely right. You know, uh, you know, a couple of things that I have had the opportunity to do directly related to learning some of these free-range ideas. You know, I had known some of them. Some of them were in the fabric of my life already. But the way that you Mm -hmm. were able to bring them out very practically, you know, I currently I get to build foundations in people's lives so now they can take off in a direction and be able to build something that won't fall down. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I work in outreach efforts. I host this radio show and a local radio show all week long. I get to organize. uh, I help organizational leaders in different organizations, in business networks, in mentoring groups. And a lot of these include hobbies that I enjoy. Um, 
you know, basically the model that I have come up with is bringing out the best in people to influence positive change in the world. And, um, you know, there's certain, I'm sure I could come up with other things, you know, I tend to have rhymes and one-liners and quotes that just emerge. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do that too. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's a great way to remember stuff actually, yeah. Yeah. So, Marianne, we got about a, a minute and a half. It's been great. Uh, actually, about a minute. It's been great to have you on the show. I'd love for you to give any uh, final thoughts and contact information that you'd like to now. Yeah, absolutely. I think final thing is to say, if you're listening in and you're still like, I, I just don't know how to do something like this, take the pressure off yourself because all of us started out not knowing how to do anything like this. And there's not one particular personality. There's not one particular background. There's not one particular situation. A lot of people I work with have kids, have the mortgage, have the salary. So look out for the opportunities to see what might be possible for you because I see people of all different types, all different stages do things. Uh, Secondly, if you're in a job or in a business even, you know, some business owners secretly listening in, not loving what you're doing, try out a project on the side. I talk through them in my book. I talk through them in my courses. Um, the idea of doing a free-range project on the side, it actually can energize you. Uh, even if you're really busy, it can bring you a life, but also it can give you great information. It's the way that lots of people find their ideas and start things. So I talk about that a lot more in my book. Uh, and finally, I'd say... Look to have people around you at the moment who do think something like this is possible, who are doing it. If you don't know them, there's lots of communities online. Go and find one to join. Or go even surround yourself by books and by thoughts and by podcasts of people who have done things. So you kind of show yourself, hey, actually, there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people out there who aren't that different to me, who are doing this. And you can get great advice from them because the That's biggest true. piece of advice that I love to follow is that only take advice from someone when you would want the, the same result that they've got. Okay, well, we... version of the result that they've got. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Marianne. We are out of time. You can, you can uh, listen back to the archive of this and get in touch with Marianne. Go to Free Range Humans. Look it up. You'll find it on the web. It's really easy. Uh, thanks again, Marianne, for coming. We are out of time. Find us on the web at laurielandgreen.com, and you can send comments to info at laurielandgreen as well. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye, Marianne. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. In It Together with Lori Lynn Green airs every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to tune in next week and remember, we're in it together.